Good morning, brothers and sisters. Now, as some of you would know, one of our families have been going through what's basically a nightmare as far as their, um, their livelihood, their business, and their personal life is concerned. And others in our congregation have been uh, dealing with other huge issues um, relating to uh, family life and some with health issues and so on. We, there just seems to be um, a whole avalanche of distressing and difficult circumstances. And I was thinking along uh, about these matters uh, during the week and um, it was very helpful to know that the scripture that was used at both the Wednesday night and the Saturday morning prayer meetings was from Psalm 77. And this is a, the message today is hopefully um, to be an, an encouragement and a help to us in dealing with circumstances that are, quite frankly, beyond us. In the beginning of Psalm 77, you'll notice that the psalmist says, I cried out to the Lord with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. He is a man who is absolutely troubled. He's complaining with his voice. Um, but we find later on in the same passage that he can't articulate. He cried with his voice. Um, he stretched out his hand to the Lord. He remembered the Lord. But the, he then reached the point where he was not able to actually speak. He gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed, he says. And further down... I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate with my heart. We're, we're looking at a man here who is in absolute desperation. He's out of his depth. But as we go through the psalm, we reach that lovely um, conclusion that Paul's words this morning reminded me about um, where Moses met the man of God, was meeting with the Lord and wanting to know who the Lord was in the circumstances, the very challenging circumstances that they confronted. And in tracing through the history of the Lord's people, Asaph then comes to the conclusion at verse 20, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron through all the eventualities of life that they were going to deal with over the coming years and in fact the years that had preceded he was leading them like a flock the shepherd was leading the flock and we want to just give some thought this morning to uh, the Lord's grace and his presence with his people in every circumstances of every circumstance of life I love the uh, verse to Moko that you sent um, to Gavin during the week from um, Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers him. We'll be able to say that our risen Lord does better even than that. Uh, he takes that another step forward in his grace. 
he has, we, we acknowledge that he sends his angels as ministering spirits to help us, but the Lord has done more and he's come in to deal with us by dwelling within us. I'd like us to just think, please, of those words in Hebrews chapter 13 at verses, verses 5 and 6 of Hebrews 13. He's speaking about uh, Christian conduct and so on, but he then reaches this conclusion. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And this morning, if we could just give some thought for the few minutes available to us um, concerning that scripture. It's like a, an assurance that, and it is an assurance, that we have the personal abiding presence of the living God with us. Despite whatever we might be anticipating over the days ahead, whether it's uh, deteriorating health circumstances, whether it's challenging business circumstances, whether it's a broader thing, our social coherence as a nation at the moment, or the, the um, global situation of unease and so on. So many aspects of life that can combine or even individually constitute threats to our well-being and our confidence for the future. Well, here we have the Lord's word. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to look at it under just a few headings, this life that he has brought us into, this blessedness that is ours because of the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to think in terms of a life, despite circumstances, despite the extraneous things that are impinging upon us, a life of contentment in the midst of a world that is raging with discontent, uncertainty and bewilderment and so on. The Lord is able to give to us a contentment in the midst of it all. He himself has said, I will never leave you. God has made all things available to us in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul puts it beautifully in Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Do you think the other needs that we have, the emotional needs, the financial needs, the health needs that we have, do they compare with the provision God has made in the person of his son? He's given us his son. Will he not also freely give us all else that we are in need of? Now we have some lovely we have testimony here this morning of the Lord coming in in answer to a known personal need for one of our brothers and making arrangements for that need to be dealt with. Well, this is a, a lovely verse of scripture and um, we read that the living God gives us richly all things to enjoy. That's 1 Timothy 6, 17. And whether it's things present or things to come, 
All things are yours, Paul tells us, and you are Christ's and Christ is God's, 1 Corinthians 3, 22 and 23. So we've got that wonderful assurance that his presence remains with us. And for those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness in the midst of unrighteousness, we have his promises that we will be filled. Now we can look at in terms of this contentment issue about even vocational contentment. Paul testified to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Even from a Roman prison um, God was fulfilling this need in his life and his captivity there he testified was working out for the furtherance of the gospel. Can we dare to believe that the circumstances that God is allowing to touch our lives at any point in time under his sovereign hand can be used to bring us victory and gain and honour to his name. The blessedness of Romans 8.28 just comes in again and again that all things He doesn't give exceptions to major circumstances, but all things work together for good to those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. It's a life of contentment, and he gives to us a spirit of contentment. Um, The personal companionship that we have with him is wonderful in itself. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It would be wonderful to know throughout our lives that um, the Lord had allocated um, angelic help to us, that we had a personal um, ever-present angel to guard us and so, so on. But here it would be wonderful, say, if, if uh, the angel Gabriel could be the archangel Gabriel. Well, the Lord is taking us further than that what he's promising to his people through the vicissitudes of life is better than if that were to be the case. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The personal presence of our Lord every step of the way that we take along our life's journey. In the Old Testament, God came to his people like Moses, who we've heard about this morning and identified himself as the one who was sufficient for the testings, the terrifying circumstances that he was going to face. And to Joshua and David, and when the Lord Jesus was on earth, he walked with his people. Um, He... The scripture records, I have been crucified with Christ, the Apostle Paul could say, and now I live by Christ who lives within me. So we have the Old Testament saints to whom God gave his spirit to help them in certain circumstances, but not continuously. Whereas for those of us who belong to Christ, he has come to take up residence within, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have that personal companionship. David had to cry, do not take your Holy Spirit from me in Psalm 51. But now the blessedness that 
the Apostle John um, records for us in John 14, 16 is that he abides with us forever. Now it takes some, some concentration of thought and, and a determination of thought to try and grasp the immensity of that fact that we are indwelt by deity. This vessel in which I'm residing is also a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is with us. It is a personal companionship. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the original, there are no fewer than five negatives to express that one positive truth. It's been um, paraphrased like this. Never, never, in no wise will I leave thee. No, never will I forsake thee. Now, this sounds very theoretical and so on. Is it practical? Does it work out in our lives? Of course, it's the word of God and it is utterly true. It is absolutely reliable. I once sat in a room with Geoffrey Bull, the author of When Iron Gates Yield, and Geoffrey had been for three and a half years under interrogation, virtually brainwashing, in a Chinese prison, and this man was able to bear testimony to the ever-present help of the Lord, a very present help in every time of need. And I think we could, we could add testimony upon testimony to that. It's a life of contentment. It's a life of companionship, our Lord being with us and not leaving us um, comfortless. But it's also a life of courage. He actually enables us to face those things that normally we'd find utterly daunting, in fact, those things that Asaph, the psalmist, found to take away his capability to even verbalise them. He was lost for words. At first he could speak about his concern, but it got worse. It got more demanding. It got more difficult for him. But the Lord led his people like a flock. He took his people forward in the fullness of his purpose and for the accomplishing of his purpose through all the vicissitudes of life. <clears throat> we had a lovely illustration of this um, in a, in a um, practical sense, a, a physical sort of sense, years ago. I was at a conference in um, Wellington and uh, the, at the um, ministerial dinner that always sort of um, came to, brought these things to an end with a big evening thing. And after the end of it, our minister, who interestingly has just retired, Terence Anthony White was our minister in those days, um, he uh, said, oh, look, we've been indoors all the time. We'll walk back to the hotel. Quite a group of people, the minister and his political advisers and his, um, his um, personal staff and so on. And... <clears throat> So this is quite late at night in Wellington, walking from the conference centre back to the Cook Hotel. And we would hardly got out onto the streets and there was a group of 
evident hoodlums immediately came across. I can tell you personally it was a frightening experience to know that here we had a few people in that group but uh, we would have been no match at all for that group of, of um, miscreants. And it <clears throat> immediately looked very threatening. But also out from the shadows on the other side of the street came a squad of New Zealand police officers who had the responsibility of caring for us. We had a very leisurely walk um, back to the hotel because of the pre present help of those who had the capability of providing the help for us. Such is the presence of our Lord with us, brothers and sisters. We may not see them. We had no idea that the police were there. In fact, we had no idea that the miscreants were there either until they started to come across the street in numbers. But <clears throat> the situation is we do not see things coming necessarily and we do not necessarily see the know the presence of the Lord as actively as he proves to be in our circumstances. I use the illustration to show that our blessed Lord, brothers and sisters, whatever the circumstances, whether it's a, a deteriorating health thing, whether it's a deteriorating business thing, whether it's a politically threatening thing, whatever the circumstance is, we have a very present help. He says himself, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can rely on it, we can trust in it. And he gives us a life of courage in the face of whatever the eventualities are that are, touch, are going to touch our lives now. It's an encouragement for us in relation to our loved ones as well those who we are praying for concerning their spiritual growth and development and their ministry responsibilities and so on. It's an encouragement not only personally but for us individually as, as an individual church as well when we might consider the, the um, difficulties that lie ahead and um, of course that's the sort of thing that we need to be alert to. But we have the assurance of the same Lord who says... I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We've got brothers and sisters under huge threat in parts of the world. We have brothers and sisters suffering the demolition of their homes and the loss of loved ones and so on and of incomes. The same blessed Lord, the same wonderful assurances apply as truly today as when those words were written in the first instance and there'll be testimony upon testimony to the Lord's faithfulness. A life of courage with the eventualities of life and, a, a, a life, and an enabling with the responsibilities of life. Some of us, the younger people particularly, um, are being asked to assume an increased responsibility in the kingdom of God in one way and another. Those of us who are older and of declining capability have responsibilities, but he is the one who is sufficient for us and present with us to be the very present help that we need. The matter of who is with us is very important. On the streets of, of Wellington... It mattered greatly who were those people who came out from 
behind out the, from out of the shadows to take care of the circumstances. And it's utterly important, it's completely important for us in our situations today and in the days that lie ahead to know the reality of that blessed presence that is with us. He gives us a life of contentment. Yes, we can say with the Apostle Paul, I've learned whatever the situation is to be content. He knew how to abound and he knew how to suffer want in material and physical things, in health matters and physical well-being matters. He had a lot of experience behind his words. He'd learned how to be content, trusting Jesus, that's all. A little girl was once um, um, asked to recite the 23rd Psalm at her Sunday school um, anniversary and she got a bit boxed up and the Lord is my shepherd, um, uh, um, that's all I need, uh, she blurted out and she had it very truthful. The presence of our Lord is sufficient for our every circumstance. In our circumstances of life, we can have contentment. I've heard the testimony of one of our brothers in this room um, concerning the Lord's dealing with him through difficulties that would be um, overwhelming as far, in my as far as I'm concerned. But the Lord's presence, the Lord's sufficiency has been his portion. And you, you could name, no doubt, other friends who can say similarly. There's a contentment that he brings in the midst of stresses and turmoil and uncertainty. There's a companionship that is a very real presence. Now, the, the world is all the time trying to crowd in upon us and um, bring other factors to, uh, to mind and to concern us to detract from the fact that we are indwelt by deity. The Saviour in the person, through the person of the Holy Spirit of God has taken up residence. He is with us. What more can we ask? His companionship is real and the courage that he gives. I think that... Um, we can, we'll be able to look back and, and just praise his name for enabling us through circumstances that would have consumed us emotionally, spiritually, even financially, business-wise, the Lord is able to help us and meet our every need. I just leave those, those few words with you for this morning. Not a lot of, of um, other scriptures, but to bear in mind his words there in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never, no, never, no, never forsake. Mm -hmm. Our Father, we want to thank you this morning for the blessedness in the circumstances of this hostile world. We want to thank you that in the uncertainties that surround us nationally, globally actually, but more than that, locally and personally, we want to thank you that you, Lord, are true to your word, that you will never forsake those whose confidence is in you. We thank you that the word of God that you have entrusted to us 
can be relied upon, can be rested upon, can be rejoiced in. And we do so together today. We pray for those of our number who are going through exceptional stress. We particularly pray that your hand will be upon them to give the peace, your peace, which passes all understanding. We pray that you will grant the blessedness of sleep and rest and enabling to deal with every circumstance as it arises. We pray that you will provide the physical helpers, the actual people, to um, help deal with circumstances where that's required. Father, we look to you to guide us individually, each family, and to guide us as a company of your people to be found walking circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time, knowing that the days are evil, but rejoicing in the fact that your presence will go with us, that you do reveal yourself and make yourself known in the circumstances of every day and that we can trust you as Asaph found to lead your people like a flock. We want to thank you together for the person and work of the Good Shepherd, our blessed Lord, who will and does lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And we commit each other to your tender care and to the work, the ongoing work, of that blessed one who will bring us right through and we'll be able to look back and say that he has led us too like a flock. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, now and forevermore. Amen. Please join us for uh, refreshments in the room just behind and if you're able to join with us tonight, uh, Anand will be ministering the word of God to us this evening and we're looking forward to that ministry.